Welcome back, Spartan Nation. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Spartan Dogs Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, West Coast Rail, joined by my guy, Devin Armstrong. What's going on, sir? Uh, is going on. We in the midst of basketball season, and we loving it. Yes. Uh, finally want to see some wins. Now, shout out to the football team for winning their game. Um, I don't know how many of those we about to see uh, after that, but uh, hey, <laughs> we did it for the seniors. So I'm okay. We did it for the seniors. I'm okay. In full agreement with that, uh, you know, Spartan football, just a little bit of a um, – Shout out to them. I mean, yes, they did win last week against Nebraska, which I think everybody, regardless of how bad the season was, thought we were probably going to win that game, more or less. I know my dad was uh, very ecstatic about us winning that game for the simple yeah. fact that he is a uh, Panthers fan and he is not a fan of Matt Rule at all. So he was very happy to see Matt Rule lose in college as well. Wow. <clears throat> but, yes, that's a little pettiness from my father. But Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of giving them a little bit of shout out, you know, obviously they're, coming to Columbus this weekend. They're coming to Columbus tomorrow to play the Buckeyes. Um, yep. Buckeyes are a big favorite in that game, but I, I just um, – I don't, you know, just to give them a little – I mean, it, it's like a 3% chance that we're going to win. We all know that more than likely Ohio State's going to come away with victory in that game. But mm-hmm. the margin of victory they're giving them to win by, unless Travion Henderson runs all over us, I don't think Ohio State covers a 31-and-a-half-point spread. Kyle McCord has not shown me that he is a quarterback that's going to go out there and throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns and no picks. Uh, he's not. He hasn't shown me a game like that, like Bo, uh, Bo Nix in Oregon, Michael Penix Jr., even J.J. McCarthy with his cheating ass. Um, uh-huh. uh, yep. Even even with, like, you know, some of these other top-tier quarterbacks. I believe even – what's his name? Drew, Drew Aller? Is that his name? Is that the quarterback of Penn State? My mispronunciating his last I, name. I, I want to say so. Um, but yeah, even 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 you know, <clears throat> Drew Aller. Yep, Drew Aller. It, like he's had a couple games like that to where he's gone out there and done that. But Kyle McCord hasn't. So just you know, a little topic about them. I don't really think that Ohio State's going to cover that spread. Now, do I still think Ohio State put up probably thirty points on us? Yeah, but I think Michigan State probably scored about 13, 13 to sixteen. So I would I would hope so. We'll we'll see. I mean, I don't I don't expect much. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't come out. Would you be shocked if they did? That's what I'm really wanting to know. Would you be shocked if they did? Um, no, I wouldn't be shocked necessarily. Kind of just you know, if Caton come out there, and obviously, I'm assuming that Caton's going to be the starting quarterback because I think they want to save Sam uh, Levitt's red shirt. They want to keep him out for a little bit. But a- I, I think if yeah, to preserve his red shirtness, that way he can't play another year or whatever. I think they, I think they're. We're, he might possibly be better than Caton, but we'll see as the time continues to go on and whatnot, and they evaluate him and everything. But if Caton can go out there and have a decent game, like he, like if he can have a couple drives, um, to where the way he started the Rutgers game, possibly, I think he could probably score a couple touchdowns, keep everything rolling at that point. So, <clears throat> but, you know, transition a little bit into basketball here. Um, yes, sir. You know, we're gonna talk about it. Let's go ahead and get you know just rip the bandaid off. Um, I think we were all a little disappointed. I think there was a lot of people that were overreacting on Twitter, getting a little emotional, as most sports fans do. And as even I'm guilty of in the past, but as transitioning closer and closer to my 30s, I am, you know, starting to try and analyze things a little bit better instead of being um, actually real funny, too. There was a when I was looking at Facebook the other day, I had a um, 
memory on one of my Facebook posts from uh, I think when I was like a freshman in high school, um, back 2010. I don't remember who Michigan State played at the beginning of this year. Maybe it was my sophomore year. It might have been my sophomore year. And they lost their season opening game. And I was making a bunch of status on Facebook saying that we were not national cha- national um, national championship contenders. Weren't going to make it far in the uh, in the tournament after one game in the season. I'm just looking at that like, man, I was an emotional teenager. But um, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't good. But I think after the Tennessee showing. I believe that everybody that watched that game, you know, Tennessee's a top 10 team. We can obviously see that's Michigan State playing at their best because I think everybody can agree. Yes, it was a charity game, but it felt like a March Madness Elite Eight, Sweet 16, even Final Four uh, style game with the way they were playing. And the Spartans ended up losing that because of a silly foul there in the end, the last couple seconds. But that was them playing at their best. This against James Madison was not them playing at their best and they still kept it close because I believe there is still a little bit of a skill gap. Now, granted college basketball skill gap versus college football, not quite as wide. I think just about, I think really Mm -hmm. college basketball is the one sport that anybody can beat anybody at any given time. I agree. Really? So, but you know, the three point shooting in that game was awful. God awful. They were one for 20. So that, I mean, we're just not, we're not even going to sugarcoat that at all. That was awful. Right. Awful three point shooting by them. <clears throat> um, the free throwing, the free throw shooting was about. Would you say sixty two? Yeah, sixty two percent. So they were twenty. They were twenty three or thirty seven against James Madison. Wasn't bad. We expect a little bit better just because we have um, three eighty uh, percent free throw shooters on our uh, team with AJ Hogarth, Tyson Walker, and Jaden Akins. We expect a little bit better. Um, so we expect a little bit better. The rebounding. Wasn't bad from us. I mean, 48 rebounds in that game. They had 17 offensive rebounds, 31 defensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. I think they were doing pretty good on the glass, like how they were supposed to be doing. But, you know, the three-point shooting and the free-throw shooting has just got to get better. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the the biggest I, – I, like I said, uh, as far as people overreacting to James Madison, I believe I was probably one of them. Um, I'll admit that. Um it's hard not to in the moment, so I get it. Right, but after I really thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm glad it happened the first game. I'm glad they were able to be humbled or learn from their mistakes on the first game. Um, it was unfortunate to lose an unranked team like James Madison, but I don't. But I look at James Madison the way they played. I'm like, hey, I can see this that team upsetting somebody in the tournament. If they, if James Madison plays like that, they can upset somebody in the tournament if they if they make it, you know. I also do think that James Madison is also favored to win their conference as well. I believe so. What as I remember well. yep. the um, what I remember the commentator saying about that that they were favored to win their conference this year, and obviously their free throw percentage shooting in that game seventy five percent, twenty one to twenty eight, and the three point shooting for them eight to twenty nine. 27.6%, still not necessarily great, but a lot better than us. And, <laughs> a lot better than 5% and, out of us. And that's, so. what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying. If we, if we would have, if we were, if we had somebody that could make two or three of those threes, we are having a different conversation about mm-hmm. James Madison. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, if I could just dissect this team for a second. Um, Absolutely. This team has a glaring weakness, and that is three-point shooting. Now, the James Madison game, uh, I believe the stat was that 
Malik Hall, AJ Hogarth, and Jaden Akins uh, ended up six for 33. And that is an insane stat for all those three guys because they are, quote unquote, the veterans of this group. They are in the starting lineup. Uh, they get major minutes, and you cannot have your three, you know, three veteran guys struggle. Not all three of them can struggle like that. One of them, no. sure. But all three struggle at the same time. You're going to lose to anybody. It could be uh, ICDC College out there. They, you're going to lose to them when you're playing like that. So you got to understand, like, this, this team has got to get better. They got to find somebody. And it's got to be somebody. Matter of fact, it's got to be all of them. All of them have to improve their three-point shooting somehow, some way. It didn't get better with the uh, Southern uh, Indiana game. They were one for 11. They just took no. less shots. You know what I'm saying? It's just, mm-hmm. it's still a big, big glaring weakness, no matter what. Yeah. I don't know who could, uh, Tyson Walker's probably the only three-point shooter you have. And that's kind of what I've seen with the James Madison game, is that they they forced it to to um, Tyson Walker a little bit too much for me, to where they didn't get anyone else involved. They didn't get anyone else going. Not saying that they were doing anything when they had the opportunity, clearly. But you got to try to get people involved. And one thing they did not do in the James Madison game was going to the inside. They did not throw it into Madison Soku or um, Carson Cooper. They did not throw it in the paint. They changed that in Southern Indiana, and they went ahead and threw it in the paint, and they could see they had to work inside out in order to get guys shots, you know, because this team, the starting the starting lineup, and I'll just go ahead and send this to you. I, I want to get your thoughts on this one. This darn lineup has three point guards in it. Jaden Akins, AJ Hogarth, and Tyson Walker. I'm not saying that Tyson Walker is is the point guard, but if he were to go, go into the NBA, that's where he would be at. He would play point guard in the NBA. Right now, he could be a two guard, an undersized two guard at that. I'm just seeing that everybody is undersized at the one, two, and three spot. So, yeah, um, you got three kind of guards out there. Combo the three guards. Guard. Yeah, yeah, you got three guards, which, I mean, we all, I mean, I think most of, um, if not all of Michigan State University Spartan fan base can probably agree that A.J. Hogard is most definitely the number one point guard. Mm-hmm. What, uh, as far as distributing the ball and ball handling, I definitely, I mean, Tyson Walker kind of rivals him a little bit. Oh, yeah, Obviously, big time. Know Tyson got some moves for sure. Obviously, we know that Tyson is the better uh, free or the better shooter in general. Yep. But AJ, AJ, I feel AJ, I feel like is definitely probably the better ball distributor as far as making the pass. I've seen him make some pretty good passes. So, but um, just kind of going on that topic, the only uh, the way I would kind of change that then, what I would do is maybe you take Jaden Akins out and you you swap in, you know, Cohen Carr. Okay, that now that. That I can get. Cohen Carr has been playing pretty well, and he's a forward. So you get another forward out there alongside Malik Hall, that puts up a little bit more pressure. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only other thing you could potentially do, maybe, is you know again swap Jaden Akins out and put in Carson Cooper. But then you got two centers on the floor, right. which we, I mean, Maddie can move. Maddie Sissoko can move now. We can clearly see that. So. He's not he's not like a slow lumbering giant. He can move mm-hmm. get out there. But I think just to be a little more on the safe side with the things that we're seeing, you know, Cohen Carr is definitely 
who I would probably sub it. And not to sit here and say that Jaden Akins is a bad player by no means, but we definitely know that um, Tyson Walker's strengths and A.J. Hogarth's strengths outweigh his, for sure. Jaden Akins is a very balanced player to me. I don't feel like he's excelling at one thing over the other. I agree with you. It just seems like he's – we don't know what he's gotten better at from last year. Um, Jay Nagins has to be a, a dead-on three-point shooter. Like, I need for him to knock down damn near every shot he takes. Because if if we have all three combo guards out there, but no one's scoring, no one besides Tyson Walker, they'll just double him and make you, make you feed it to the other two. And now they have to be forced to make shots, and they haven't been – they haven't proven to be able to do that just yet this season. And now you're about to face Duke. Who I'm sorry to say, but if you play the same way you've been playing for these last two games, you're going to get your doors blown off. Yeah, Duke is not um, going to allow us to be able to stay in the game without having decent three point shooting. At least, and that's being all able to I'm shoot saying. at least thirty percent at three point. We're going to be far out of the game. Granted, you know Duke did just lose to Arizona, and you know taking a look at some of the stats in those games, just real quick, uh, Duke on their three point their. Free throw shooting, you know, they were 75% in that game. Their three-point shooting in that game, they were 8 of 23, 34.8%. Uh, their overall field goal percentage was 43%. Arizona did not outshoot them as far or yes, they did. I apologize. They outshot them by a couple, by one, by uh, not even a full percent. It was like, it's like 0.5%. They shot better than them in the three-point range at 6 of 17 uh, Duke outshot Arizona when it came to the free throw percentage, and then but overall, um, Arizona Wildcats had a forty-six point two percent our overall field goal shooting, so they shot a little bit better. But you know, <clears throat> granted, Arizona was a top ten team. Yep, twelve in the country. You know, they're pretty best. I'm pretty sure that don't we have them on their Scott schedule yeah. this year for basketball? We do a couple games after Duke. We'll play Arizona. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <clears throat> right before Thanksgiving, so. Not a bad team, but yes, three-point shooting is going to have to be better, and then our free throw shooting against Southern Indiana was a lot better. We were we're sitting at 83%, I believe, is what I seen that back up. Just be certain here, but I am fairly certain it was 83%. 82.1, to be precise, was our free throw shooting against Southern Indiana. That's good. Right. That's a lot, whole lot better than the 62% that we shot against James Madison. Right. And clearly we could see that we were just out-talenting that's it. Southern Indiana, as far as, but yeah, the three-point shooting has definitely been the weak point, and we've got to get better at that. So Big time. We have to get better. Whatever, they, whatever, they, whatever they've got to do to improve that, I don't know if they got to call Mr. Matt McQuaid back, get his opinion on what they should do, because uh, most recent history of Michigan State, that is probably one of the best three-point shooters that I can recall that we've ever had. Right. Matt McQuaid was automatic every time from the corner, so. <laughs> yeah, we need we need something like that back. We need somebody like that. Maybe Greg Norman, uh, the freshman, should be able yep. to play. Should play. Should at least I need to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. I understand that Izzo sees this in practice, but I need to see it for myself. Um, and maybe he can, well, you know, maybe he can give a spark. I, you know, what I'm we just need somebody who can shoot. At this point, I'm I'm willing to get him out there just to see. Mm-hmm. But you never know. He, he might be the shooter that we've been desperately needing. I'd rather take – I would take his three-point shooting if he is, you know, if he is a good three-point shooter. I'd rather take his three-point shooting than his defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Mm-hmm. If he's not as great defensively, but he'll get you a bucket, I'd much rather take that. I can scheme up to try to, you know, give him help where he needs it. But uh, Definitely, or Jeremy Fears Jr. too. I mean, the young guard that Tom Izzo is loving up on. True. Giving him some tough love last game. So, I, potentially, maybe he comes out. Maybe. I mean, I like – I want to see him play a little bit more. I want him to shoot a little bit more too. I think he has a good mid-range, and he should be able to knock down a few threes, but – you know, mm-hmm. I just want people to play better. And um, speaking of people who I want to play better, I do believe that Malik Hall has got to be right now within two games probably the most disappointing player on the Michigan State squad right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we he came back, you know, he's a, what, fifth-year senior? I want to say he's a fifth-year senior. But, I'll look that up real quick. But he is – he came back. This is his last season, and he has just been awful offensively. He has, he's, I know, and I know he's better than what he's, you know, performing like. Right? We all know this. We've seen him perform last year, so we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. He has to somehow get back to that Malik. I, we don't like this Malik. This Malik can go uh, sit on the bench forever, but if he can somehow muster up the last year Malik and come out and, and, and put that on display because mm-hmm. that's what we're going to need. If we gonna, if we want to beat Duke, Malik Hall has to have a good game. I'm calling it right now. If Malik Hall has a good game, we'll beat Duke. If he does not have a game, if he continues to struggle from three-point, we will not beat Duke. That's it. I'm putting it all on Malik Hall. That's it. What you got? Yeah, Malik Hall has definitely not been playing extremely well. Um, I can't find anything if he is the fifth-year senior or not. It just says that he's a senior class. But uh, regardless, yes, he has not been playing extremely well. It, it, you don't feel – when he gets the ball in his hands, you don't you don't feel like there's an opportunity. Right. And, I've, and I'm and i definitely feeling that way. And I'm sure he is too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he's definitely noticing, like, the bad gameplay. Yeah. For sure. There's not a doubt in my mind that he's noticing that. But definitely seeing a lot of, um, you know – just need to see more improvement out of him, whether it's, you know, in the paint game, whatever. It, I mean, if the, the shooting's not there for you, get better on the defensive side and then get better on the offensive and the offensive and the uh, defensive rebounding. Like, find other ways to help the team. If that is not where you want to be, then, or if that's, you know, if you're struggling offensively, you know, find other ways to help the team out. Otherwise, you know, Cohen Carr's showing out. Cohen Carr's had four games and he's showing out. So, Granted, I know the very first scrimmage game, you know, Big Ten on streaming on Big Ten Network. No one was really taking that game super seriously. But, I mean, Colin Carr showed out against Tennessee. He played, and he, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. He played how he's played against James Madison, and then he played pretty well against Southern Indiana. So I expect him to be a big part of this Duke game as well. You know, I'll test in the season. I will say this about Colin Carr as much as his athleticism shines when he's out there. Like I said on the podcast previously, he is the most athletic person on the floor when he is on the floor, no matter what team. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Either the opposing team, you don't have anybody who's quite as athletic as Cohen Carr. Cohen Carr has got to get a lot better with his defensive awareness. One of the things that I picked apart about his game is sometimes he would have defensive woes where he just doesn't close out on guys fast enough or hard enough. Uh, especially I've seen it on the uh, the James Madison game. The last the last minute, there was a couple of shots that 
the guy he was guarding made right in this. He just took a mid-range jumper right to the face. And I'm just like, damn, Cohen Carr, you did, he just he didn't close out at all. I was just like, man, I, I don't know what type of defensive thing that Cohen – I thought Cohen Carr – you know what? I really thought that Cohen Carr was a one-and-done player just because of, off of his athleticism. But if he can't play defense the way we need him to play defense, because I he could be a, a two-way player. He could be a average, in my opinion, about 12 to 14 points per game. And then he can also give you two to three blocks with 10 rebounds. I mean, he could really be a double-double guy if he, you know, really put his mindset and in, in, in do it, you know? Like, that's exactly what I'm thinking and hoping that he would just be. Is uh, that's what I want to see out of two to three blocks a game because those two to three blocks when they come in those uh, second half five minute situations whatever it may be we're trying to keep a team like Duke from taking the lead from us on a key three point or mm-hmm. a key little inside drive or something of that yeah. nature like yeah. um, uh, Xavier Tillman was doing against Duke in the Elite Eight mm-hmm. of a couple years ago um. Or not a couple, I guess I should say four because it's been that long at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> but we got somebody that can do stuff like that for us. Yeah, that definitely helps us down the stretch. So, But he's young, freshman. I expect him to get better over time, you know. As always, I mean, even like most of the commentators say, you cannot take Izzo's teams super seriously in November. It is February and early March. Or I would say early I would say actually maybe late January, early February is when you can really start to judge how the Izzo teams are actually going to play. Right. How much of a threat are they really going to be? That is Tom Izzo's thing. He likes to get out there and just kind of work out the kinks as the season goes on. And in basketball, we have 30-plus games. So we get to do that. Yeah, one thing I I wish that they would have as as an in-season tournament. They 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 didn't schedule one this year. No, so, they did not. But they, they, you know, I always do like the fact that they are at least still scheduling a tough opponent at the beginning, whether it is like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, or like well, last year what we had, we had uh, was it we had Kentucky and Villanova, mm-hmm. and we had Gonzaga too. So which yeah, still should have won, won that game. Should have won that. Yeah. <laughs> should have won that game for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so that'll be fine. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna overreact too much, but guess what? The Duke game, I'm I'm definitely going to be taking notes because. It's going to be a hell of a test for them. Uh, I hope we get the uh, Michigan State that played against Tennessee in the charity game. I hope we see that team. That team could possibly beat Duke. Yeah, that's the team that I'm judging on because that's the team that them playing at their very best. Like I said, they just made a little bit of a mistake, and that's what cost them that game. That to me and to everybody else, charity game or not, say whatever you want about it. I don't care. Preseason doesn't count, whatever it may be. Both teams were out there balling their hearts out. That was a Sweet 16 Elite Eight game right there. That is a preview of what to expect during March Madness. So I'm okay with that performance. Don't like the end result, but I'm okay with that performance right there because that performance is what's going to get us very far and the performance that I expect to see them continue to play as we get later on into the season and when we get into the Big Ten tournament and, of course, the Big Dance. Yep. I completely agree. Um, what else would I say? Would you? Oh, at these first two games, what would you grade Tom Izzo's coaching philosophy like? Is you know because a B, 
I mean, because it's – I mean, it, it did hurt us to lose to, to James Madison on the first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty big. And I was just like, man, we just – we didn't do – in my opinion, I just – we didn't get the ball inside to even see if Matty Sissoku even improved his offensive game, which Matty Sissoku does have a post move. He can – I've seen a little dream shake he gave my man uh, in the uh, Southern Indiana game. Yeah. So I just wish that he – and plus he didn't play Xavier Booker. Your highest rated freshman recruit yeah. ever. And you only yeah. played him five minutes. And I think that had a lot to do with um, the fact that, you know, I think he wanted to, maybe I'm a little off here, but I just feel like he wanted to keep him a little under wraps. And, you know, maybe I'm making excuses, but I, I feel like that's kind of what Tom is thinking, that he wanted to keep him under wraps and, well, why would you want to keep him under wraps and lose to James Madison in the process? I don't know. I, I, it just, was just, because he, he could have he could have been your deciding factor potentially somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Possibly. You lost by by a small margin in overtime. But they I'm, they got to shoot better on the three though. You got to get true. that out of the starters. The thing is, Xavier Booker can take and hit threes. He did that in the Tennessee game. It's just, I mean, he can he can be what you want out of Malik Hall, and he showed that a little bit in the Southern Indiana game. Mm-hmm. He got more minutes, so I was happy to see him uh, do his thing out there. He made a block. I mean, this is that's just his length is just a problem, and I much rather have that out there uh, and just have him at least affecting shots defensively if he's not on offensively because. He is a thin mint kid. He is a he is a pole. He is a you know he's <laughs> he can, he's gonna get moved around. You know it's just you know it's just the nature of the beast. But you just hope that he's long enough to affect the shots to you know that he can't get gaining his low post strength. You know he yeah. has. They they talked about it. The commentators talked about it in the game. He has to get in the weight room. And I do believe that we're gonna have Xavier Booker for two to three years, roughly. Uh, so he, as long as he can uh, get in that weight room and get a little bit stronger and, and develop post moves and, and, and other moves and stuff like that, because he's a unicorn. I do believe in Xavier Booker. So I think he has our potential. Our, our guys are young. Our real stars that I believe are going to develop into somebody are very young. Mm-hmm. So we can't really, in my opinion, we can't really put so much expectations on them. And I'm starting to tamper my expectations down mm-hmm. because of how young they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, I and know think about all the other stars that are coming in in the next year's class. And oh yeah, that's Thomas what I'm saying. Thomas has got a got a good thing going. We still need some more. Well, I think we got some shooters coming, but the thing is, Tyson Walker won't be there next year. Mm-hmm. So we got to develop whatever Whoever can shoot the ball. We're going to need shooters more than we're going to need anything else. So I'm hoping that Tom Izzo knows what he's doing as far as recruiting goes because you you recruited a lot of point guards. Even Trey Holloman is a point guard. You, you, yeah. you recruited a lot of point guards and not a lot of shooting, not a lot of shooting guards, combo guards, guys that can really put the ball in the, in the basket. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Jace Richardson and I believe the uh, the other guy uh, that in next year's recruiting class, uh, they're more of the shooting type. But it's mm-hmm. he still, but Jace Richardson is another point guard. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You just you're just developing point. I don't understand it because you need some tall people. There are people out there that are being recruited that are six six, uh, 
point guards, my dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, and you're still pedaling with six two point guards, and I'm just sitting there like, why does he need so many point guards? But he doesn't have any shooting. This doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't. And clearly, it doesn't make sense to when you play in games and you don't have a shooter out there. But Tyson Walker, and he's doing everything in his power because he still gets his shots off. Yeah, he's doing a lot. He's he's doing a little bit too much too. And, and that's what I'm saying. He needs the help. He does need the help because there's not. There's going to be a time where a team knows, hey, they they are. Uh, they're going to win and lose by what Tyson Walker does. So if we can go ahead, throw a double team at him whenever he tries to make a move, just throw double teams at him and make other guys uh, beat you, we can't seem to, you know, do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm afraid of, that teams will just, especially Duke, you'll see this. Duke is going to double team Tyson Walker. Let's just get that preview going. Probably so. Duke I is going to double, because you might as well. Because, you, you know, that's all they got right now is Tyson Walker. And once you know that, you just go ahead and double him and take him away. Malik Hall, like I said, Malik Hall has got to have a good game. If Malik Hall improves his shooting and, and comes out aggressive and says, forget this, I'm, I, you know, I'm the ball's going in tonight for me. If Malik Hall has a good game, we have the potential to win that ball game. Yep. But – that's what we're going to need because we're going to need him. We're going to need A.J. Hogarth and Jay Nakes to, to not go 6 of 36 or Correct. 6 of 33. That's it. Mm. Don't need better on the shooting, better on the free on the free throw shooting. Keep that in the high 80s, the 90s, and then, of course, a three-point shooting. We want to be somewhere around the 30% range. So That's true. That's what we're looking for. As long as they can maintain that, I can see this game being very close and then it kind of coming down to the turnover battle, really that point that too that too uh yeah, the turnovers i you know i don't think it's been that egregious just yet no turnovers haven't been super haven't been outside of the um outside of the I think the beginning of the tennessee game was kind of bad but right. know, a little bit of the james madison game but the second half has not been horrible right and i also need michigan state to start fast i don't need mm-hmm. them to be down by uh, 16, 17 points, you know, first six, seven minutes of the game. You know? It, it, that, <laughs> yes, yes. We Trying need to, to overcome that every single yeah, game. Do things like that. No, yeah, yeah, just don't put yourself you. in a hole to have to come out of it like that, especially with the type of young team you have. It's it's not fair to them to have to learn how to, you know, dig yourself out of a hole. Let's just start fast, you know, have, have set plays that actually can get buckets and, you know, go from there. Mm-hmm. That's on Izzo though. That's a, that's an Izzo thing, not a not not a team thing. So yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ooh. But any anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to add to it? No, I think I've pretty much covered everything. You know, as I stated, obviously I'm going to be on the uh, the plane during the Duke game. So I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, maybe that the plane's got Wi-Fi. I'll catch it. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. If not, right. I'll just uh, look at the highlights, check it out, and then of course uh, after Duke. We have a game against Butler that Friday, 6.30. Yeah. So I'll definitely be at home watching that one. Excited to see that one, you know? Like I tell people, like I was telling people in some earlier podcasts, you know, I know Butler isn't ranked, obviously, but Butler's still a basketball school to me. Mm -hmm. I'll take them lightly. Big time. Just like like James Madison. Don't take anybody lightly. Uh, But I do want to ask you right before we go, uh, your predictions on the Duke game? Do you do? Uh, what do you? What do? You, what is your score predictions? Uh, do you expect Michigan State to come out swinging, or you know, what are you thinking about the Duke game? 
if they can play like they did against Tennessee, I expect it to be a very similar game to that. I expect it to be probably high 70s, somewhere around, I'd say, 73, 71 Michigan State. If they come out playing the way they did against James Madison, Duke is going to put up probably close to 80, and we'll have probably 59, 58, somewhere I, around there. You know what? I'm just looking, like I said, um, if Malik Hall has a good game, I believe that we could win this game. I'm going a little different round. I want to say 63-65. Uh, if he doesn't, if everybody, if we go one of 20 or one of 11 on three-point shots, you're right. I believe I'm with you on that last score, 80 to <laughs> eighty to 60, whatever. <laughs> you probably like, won't even get that because you just you, you can't generate enough points for yourself uh-huh. somehow. So we're going to find out a lot about – uh, Izzo's coaching style in this game, and this is what's going to be the test. I'm not. I'm not saying that they have to win this game in order to for me to feel confident, but they cannot get their doors blown off. If they get their doors blown off, we, uh, it's going to be a long season. Yes, indeed. Yes, it that's will it. be. And that's it. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Spartan Dogs podcast. Please, if you haven't heard about us. Please go follow us on Twitter at Spartan Dog PC. Uh, we definitely, uh, throughout the week, say some outlandish things. <laughs> but we, also, <laughs> we also respond to a lot of a lot of comments. So please, if you want to interact with us, we're more than happy to do that with you. Uh, please go check us out on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. Uh, download the download the app. Go listen to us. Check us out. We'll have the link posted on, on our, our Twitter page. So if you like, if you want to click on that, you can definitely give us a listen to. Uh, and until next time, we'll definitely be watching the Duke game. Uh, let's root for a win. Hope everything goes well. Hopefully, no one gets injured and we can you know continue on throughout the season. Uh, but until next time, go green, go white.